So this morning we're going to be talking about hearing and doing, right? The thing that all of us want to do, right? Hearing and doing and being hearers and doers of God's word. Uh, so today's text will be coming from James chapter 1. Open up your Bibles. If you don't have one, please raise your hand. Someone will pass you a hard copy Bible. So we got a couple over here, Ryan, two right there. Or get out your phones on the Bible app and follow along. So we'll be in James chapter 1, verses 19 through 27. And it reads as follows. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who intently who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God, the Father is this to visit orphans and widows in their affliction, and it keeps oneself unstained from the world. So to be honest, this is probably one of the most challenging passages for me in my life. I love the book of James. It's really small, but it packs a lot of power, right? Uh, and James just comes out and just punches everyone in the face, right? Um, so, but it's really good, right? I think he really uh, just pulls out what we should be doing uh, as, as believers in following uh, the Lord, right? And glorifying Christ in everything that we do. Uh, David Guzik says this about the book of James. In many ways, we listen to the book of James because it echoes the teaching of Jesus. There are at least 15 allusions to the Sermon on the Mount in James. A man who knew the teaching of Jesus and took it seriously wrote this letter. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for this day to be back worshiping in the school, Lord. Uh, We just thank you for your faithfulness through a pandemic, just through everything that's been going on. Over the last year and a half, God, you are faithful. You are building your church right here. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you open up our hearts and minds to receive your word, Lord. Allow us to be changed by you, Lord. Allow us to glorify you from this, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just pray. Uh, We just thank you so much for the people who've come near and far, Lord, just to hear this word and this message, Lord. Uh, Just continue to move and work and glorify yourself through this. So this morning, our big idea is this. Genuine faith in Christ hears and do's God's word. I know it might not be the best grammar, but hey, it works. Uh, so let me give you an example of um, not modeling faith, right, and something by hearing and doing. So this is a good story. So kids always make good stories, right? Uh, so my roommates and I in college, uh, we decided to coach a uh, little league basketball team, right? So it's our first game. We're really excited. We go out there, and um, we're down by one point with about 10 seconds left, right? So our best player, Mike, we're like, hey, Mike, we're going to score the winning basket. We're going to win the game, right? So we drop a great play for Mike. The ball gets inbounded to Mike. Mike gets the ball, goes to a spot, and passes the ball. We lose it. I'm telling you, we, we, we jump off. It's like, Mike, what are you doing? We did not draw up the play for you to pass it, right? Um, so he ends up passing to another kid. The time expires. The shot doesn't even get off, and we lose the game, right? So 
why did, not, why did Mike not take the shot, right? Did he not have faith in himself? Did he not have faith in his coaches? Did he not have faith in his team? Did he not have faith that we were actually trying to build a better team around uh, Mike, right, showing that initiative and being that leader? So I really emphasize why so much, because it's easy to look at this text today, right, and observe James by saying, pursue rightly things over wrong things, or, hey, maybe you never even open up the Bible, and you may be wondering, who's this guy James, and why is he telling me how or why I should live this way? But don't miss this, right? Our why we do these things enables our character and a lifestyle to change and reflect Christ's likeness and point others to him, Right? Because Christ died for us and accepted us as his own, we want to glorify him by exhibiting genuine faith in our character so that others will glorify him too. See, because we live under the law of liberty, we are free and have new life and new desires and a new faith. And we demonstrate this by being doers of the word and not just listening to it. So I draw three behaviors of how genuine faith in Christ is demonstrated through hearing and doing God's word. So the first is this. Genuine faith starts by listening first. So let's look at verses 19 through 21. It says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So James starts us off with an alert, right? He's like, hey, 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 don't, don't miss this, guys. Listen up. But what is James actually alerting us to and from? So we're going to have to go back to the section before to kind of see that. So James is transitioning from early in chapter 1, where he's discussing the testing of our faith. But in the last paragraph in verses 16 and 8 through 18, he writes, Do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own, we were brought, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. So we see this section of being a hearer and doer as a, demonstrating, as a demonstration of the first fruits of God's creatures. And that's a sermon in itself, right? So we should be demonstrating the first fruit of Christ through our character. So if we are first fruit, then we do, verses 19 through 27. We can't do verses 19 through 27, right, without Christ. See, we can try our best to change ourselves, but true selfless transformation comes from accepting the grace and forgiveness demonstrated by Christ and Christ alone on the cross. And in growing in that relationship, we do see our lifestyle start to mirror that of a selfless, holy, righteous Savior. See, James comes out of the gate and punches us right in the mouth here. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. Really, James? Everybody? Yes, everyone. Well, let's look at who James is talking to here, right? So we know that James is writing to Christians. Um, James starts this, qu- this chapter, actually, with something we all face uh, with every day and, and sometimes throughout the day, right? Speaking too quickly sometimes, but also anger, right? So notice James doesn't say, hey, I want you guys to listen when it's convenient or when it's someone you like or when it's something you want to hear, right? He puts it simply, what? Be quick to listen. See, we all deal with anger. James doesn't dismiss anger or, or just speaking, but he sets an order here that us as believers should follow. See, be quick to listen. Why is that so hard? 
It's because we're selfish people, right? It's our selfish nature, right, that wants us to prove our point or stance or be fired up about something without us even listening first. Think about how many times we've jumped incorrectly because we didn't take the time to listen, right? See, listening is key, and listening is the first part of modeling Christ in our character in obedience to God's word, right? It's super easy for us not to be quick to listen, right? We become voiceful in our stance over something we've seen on social media, or maybe it's a coworker who says something crazy, right? Or something we see on the news, um, or even a spouse's frustration, right? These things, right, can get us voiceful and get us riled up. Or, in my case, I can be quick to fix somebody, right? Anybody else like that? Like, you tell me your problem, and I'm like, all right, this is what you need to do. Let's, let's move on, right? But I, I'm just so thankful that, that God has really just been working in my heart, right, to, 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 to change me in that, right? But he's teaching me, Will, listen first. See, in listening, we show selflessness in our modeling Christ-likeness because it brings us into someone else's world, right? So I'm reminded of this when Jesus was sitting with the tax collectors and prostitutes or even with the Samaritan women, right? This was all to point these people to who he is by listening and coming into their world and meeting them just where they were. See, I wonder how many times we will minimize fights and bitterness and frustration and anger and stress and sin if we just took the time to listen first and then speak. See, I love verse 20 here. Look at it. This is the why, right? Why should we be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger? Because it does not produce the righteousness of God. See, the righteousness of God that was given to us through Christ should be pouring out of our character and producing a great witness to those around us, pointing others to him. See, when we experience the life, the living Savior, it creates a want to pursue godliness. Therefore, we demonstrate genuine Christian faith. And by being doers of the word, others around us see Christ and give glory to him. It's in our everyday lives where we put to the test to demonstrate godliness to those who won't see it anywhere else. And as we move into this section, we continue to see more of this. It's kind of a put-off uh, filthiness and wickedness and putting on something called meekness. So what is meekness? Meekness is having a posture of submissionness to God or even walking in humility. See, in this meekness, we receive God's word. And in submission to God's authority and reading his word, then a posture of obedience should be demonstrated and flowing out of us. When we know our stance with God by what Christ did for us, it's not based on anything we did, we will do, or have done. Or when we receive God's instruction humbly and we walk with him in meekness, we can glorify him in that. See, in our individualistic Western society where, uh, you know, submission gets a bad rap, you hear YOLO, you know, you only live once, do your thing, right? We all want to be our own individuals, right? And if you believe in Christ, we submit to our Heavenly Fathers as we know that his ways are what's best because we were bought ourselves with a price. See, hear the word of God and trusting in Christ's finished work on the cross, we can live selfishly by taking the time to listen rather than acting out of selfish gain. So this is merely demonstrating godliness by listening because we have a heavenly father who listens to our prayers, our weeps, our concerns, our supplications, and our requests. Right? He doesn't tell us, no, 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 Will, shut up. I'm tired of listening to you. Stop. Go away. No, 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 no. Right? We know that he is, he is quick to listen. Right? We know that he's faithful. We know that he is merciful. We know that he's gracious. We know that he's slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Steadfast love. So praise be to God that he does not listen and act to us like we do to others. Right? So secondly, with genuine faith, right, we do the second piece of this, which is checking my fruit, 
And we see that here in verses 22 through 25. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who intently, who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. So James is transitions to the second part of this section from the don't do to the do, right? He starts the section off by emphasizing what? Be doers of the word. So we see here he's trying to do like a, a, a fruit uh, a, a review, right? Or just checking our fruit. Uh, Jesus tells us that we can recognize a tree by its fruit in Matthew 7. He says a healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. See, the apostle James shows one way of checking the fruit here, which is by looking to a mirror and to the perfect law of God, right? Uh, Matthew Henry states this. He says, as a looking glass shows us the spots and defilements upon our faces, that they may be remedied and washed off, so the word of God shows us our sins, that we may repent of them and get them pardoned. It shows us what a miss that it may be amended. There are glasses that will flatter people, but that which is truly the word of God is no flattering glass. If you flatter yourselves, it is your own fault. The truth, as it is in Jesus, flatters no man. Let the word of truth be carefully attended to, and it will set before you the corruption of your nature, the disorders of your heart and lives, and it will tell you plainly just what you are. See, church, we cannot fool God, right? And we can't fool his word, right? Throughout our day, we can fool others, right? So we learn how to go to work. We put it in our face, right? We said everything's going well. Hey, how you doing? How's everything good? All right, fine. Everybody keeps moving on, right? We can, we can even fool those around us, right? But we can't fool God. And see, as human beings, we always uh, have to deal with this sin on this earth, right? Even those of us in Christ, we are constantly fighting this tension that's going on within us, right? Paul illustrates this perfectly in Romans 7, 15 through 25. He says, for I do not understand my own actions. Okay, Paul, what exactly are you talking about here? And he continues, he said, If I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law, and that is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. He continues on and says, For I delight in the law of God, in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me captive to the law of sin that dwells in my members. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Listen to this. This is the kicker right here. Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then I myself serve the law of God with my mind, but my flesh I serve the law of sin. So from this passage, it seems like Paul has conducted a fruit assessment, right, of what's going on in his heart and mind, right? He describes this issue with his flesh wanting to do evil, while inwardly he feels like, I want to do good, right? But thanks be to God for Christ, as it is the answer in putting in perspective this battle that we constantly have going on within us, right? In Christ, we are no longer slaves to sin, right? But we are free. However, in our earthly bodies, right, we still have to fight these evil thoughts, these evil actions, these aggressions, these urgencies that we have. See, demonstrating a genuine faith in Christ follows the lifestyle of Christ, when it seems like my mind and my body want to get the best of me, right? Anxiousness will be coming out of me. I want to pursue evil thoughts and actions, right? But when we seem 
hopeless and helpless, right? The cares of the world seem to creep in and be drowning us out. I want us to see how are we acting? What is our responses? What kind of fruit are we bearing? So we must conduct fruit assessments and be honest with what's going on in our hearts and our minds, right? So I found two different ways to check my heart in this mirror that James is talking about uh, when it comes to looking at the fruit that I'm producing. So James outlines one way in verse 25, right? He says right here, the perfect law of the word of God, right? See, church, by spending time daily in God's word and allowing his truth to get inside of us, wash us, and expose our sins, the spirit of God can awaken our minds to see the fruit that we're bearing. See, I love in Psalm 139, 23, and 24 where it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts and see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way of everlasting. Hebrews 4.12 tells us, For the word of God is a living and active sharper than two-edged sword, piercing to the vision of the soul and the spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We even see Jesus praying in Matthew 26, right, and communing with his heavenly Father, right, and demonstrating this to his disciples so that they would follow suit and see its importance. Church, we need to have a quiet daily routine and time with the Lord, right? And we need to let God's word and the spirit of God sharpen us on the inside, changing our hearts and our minds, therefore changing our lives and our character. But let's remember here, James wants us to do, not just hear. So in reading God's word, right, and allowing it to change me, right, there should be a change in my speech and my actions and my lifestyle, right? The second way we can be doers by checking our fruit, right? We saw the first way is being in God's word and allow the spirit of God to change us. And the second is living and loving community with people. We see explicitly in the early church in Acts, right? We see them selling all their possessions and intentionally living in community with one another because they saw the value of this. See, coming out of a pandemic, a lot of us are just trying to capitalize on the need that we had to spend time with people, right? We missed this, right? And that's the way that God wired us. He wired us to be in community with others. See, when we do life together with others, especially other Christians, they can be a mirror into the fruit that we're producing. See, in community, we can't hide our fruit that pours out of us, right? We can't hide the anger, the bitterness, the frustration, the impatience. See, people who love us can let us know when we're producing these evil things. See, I challenge you to ask a fellow brother or sister in Christ, do you see that I'm being a doer of God's word? Do you see a desire for me to believe and do what the word of God says? I'm so grateful for the mirrors in my life. I'm telling you guys, like my community, my family, my friends, small group, coworkers, and check this out, guys, even my enemies, right? They can show you what's coming out of you. <laughs> so when I model Christ's likeness, I'm not living independent, right? I'm not trying to do this on my own. I'm not thinking that I'm God's greatest gift to this earth and keep myself isolated from those who can point out this fruit that I'm producing. Right? I'm not trying to figure this life on my own. I'm doing it with others in the community. See, I can be a doer of the word, demonstrating faith in Christ by checking the fruit that I'm producing when I'm spending this quiet daily time with the Lord through prayer and reading his word and also when I'm living these truths out in community. See, our mission here in Fairfax is to glorify God by making disciples of all nations as we what? Live in loving community. Thank you, Matt Rumble. So let me encourage you, living in loving community is an essential way to model Christ by being a hearer and doer of God's word. So lastly, we see the third uh, act of our faith in hearing and doing God's word. It's when we pursue purity. Let's look at verses 26 and 27. 
So it says, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows and their affliction, and it keeps one's self unstained from the world. See, in verse 27, we see him discussing pure religion. So what is worthless religion, you may ask, and how does not bridling our tongue produce this? Henry states this, when we hear people ready to speak of faults of others or to censure them as holding scandalous errors or to lessen the wisdom and the pity of those about them that they themselves may seem wiser and better, this is a sign that they have but a vain religion. The man who has a detracting tongue cannot have a truly humble, gracious heart. He who delights to endure his neighbor in vain pretends to love God. Therefore, a reviling tongue will prove a man a hypocrite. See, this is very key as what we say and what we do have tremendous effect on how we live our lives. You know, I, I always ask the guys when I was uh, doing prison ministry, I said, you know, it's, it's amazing that we always can remember something good that someone has told us, but always can remember something bad that someone has said to us. Right? So it's very key about what we're saying. So we don't want this type of religion, right, because this religion does not glorify God and point people to Jesus. See, I find it interesting James closed out this section with the same thing he started it with right here, right? Speaking, or specifically here, what? The tongue. James is circling back around here. See, 1 John 2-3 states, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared, but we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because we shall see him as he is. And everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. So solely in believing in the finished work of Christ, we are pure, therefore pursuing purity in our daily lives, right? In our doing, right? All of us want to live pure, right? Whether we admit it or not, we want to do the right thing, right? But without trusting in Jesus, we are not pure, nor can truly produce pure lives apart from a relationship with him. See, only in relationship with our pure Savior do we choose to pursue purity and actually live it out. See, in pursuing purity, we see the heart of God in true religion that glorifies and honors him, right? We see him visiting orphans and widows and to keep ourselves unstained from the world. You may ask, well, why orphans and widows? What is James really trying to state here? James is just saying, hey, look after those that the world has often forgotten or those who are oppressed in this world or... Hey, you want to exhibit genuine faith? Do that. Pursue these things, right? We really see the heart of God in this, right? And this actually fulfills the greatest commandment, right? You should love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your, and all you are, and love your neighbor, what, as yourself. This is the heart of God, and I love when Jesus gives the parable of the great banquet, right? In Luke 14, 12 through 14, he said, Also to the man who had invited him, when you give a dinner or a banquet, do not invite your friends or your brothers or your relatives or rich neighbors, lest they also invite you in return and you be repaid. But when you give a feast, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you. See, this is the heart of God here. In demonstrating genuine faith in Christ, we don't only serve, connect, hang out with, have dinner, work out with or make friends with those who the world seem as privileged or cool or successful or popular or the people we want, right? We see Jesus himself hanging out with the tax collectors and the sinners and the prostitutes, those whose society casted out during that time period. See, is there someone who may be marginalized or seem unlovable or isolated that you can connect with? 
Maybe someone who's elderly and living by themselves or that person at your job or your school who seems to just be disconnected with other people, right? See, in the Gospels, we get to see Christ care for those who are marginalized, forgotten about, and uncared for. Uh, We even see Nathaniel and Philip having a conversation about Christ, right? And uh, Nathaniel says to Philip, can anything good come out of Nazareth? See, this is the true heart of God, loving, caring, and serving those who are often forgotten about. See, I'm grateful that a holy God sent his only son for me and for you because he cares about us and doesn't forget us. See, this life is not about me or the Will Johnson show, but about Christ and who he is and what he's done, right? It's when I'm humbled by God's love for me, then I humbly and selflessly serve those around me. See, Fairfax, I hope that we open our eyes to those around us who we might have forgotten about. So we need to pursue selfless lives by serving them and not casting them out. This is a way to point people to Christ who may never, ever come into a church building like this. See, my prayer for us is that in hearing God's word about pure religion, we will selflessly live and pursue opportunities right in our communities to love and serve those who are often forgotten. Not out of obligation, right, but out of that meekness, that submission and obedience by being hearers and doers of God's word. See, Paul tells us in Philippians 4, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable. If there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, don't miss this, he says, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. So in living out a genuine faith in Christ by hearing and doing God's word, we need to listen we got to check our fruit, and we need to pursue purity. See, this is not a three steps to selfless living through hearing and doing God's word, right? But it's 20 times better than that, right? It's us being humbled by a perfectly humble Savior dying on the cross for me and for you, and that changing our lives for eternity, right? The ultimate act of selflessness, the ultimate act of faith and his obedience to his heavenly Father. See, for, for while we were still weak at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one would scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even to die. But God shows his love for us, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what I call the ultimate act of selfless faith and demonstrating the most genuine faith, right, this world has ever seen. So if you've been trying to get it right and you're trying to live this pure lifestyle, right, and it's not working and you said, I don't know who this Jesus guy is or I've never accepted him in my life, I encourage you to accept this free gift of grace and forgiveness and mercy. And I can encourage you, um, please, to talk to me, someone in the hallway, or even someone from my prayer team at the top uh, at the end of this about it. And I guarantee it's the best decision you'll ever make. And if you have accepted Jesus as your Savior, let's look into the mirror of God's love, right? His grace, his mercy, and forgiveness, right? To pursue selfless lives that reflect Jesus to those around us and glorify him. Let us pray. Lord, we just thank you so much for the truth of your word, Lord. Uh, Lord, we just pray that we be quick to listen, Lord, slow to speak, Lord. Forgive us for not doing this, Lord. Forgive us for living out selfish ways in this, Lord. Uh, Forgive us, Lord, for not hearing your word and actually doing it. Lord, we pray that this just empowers us that through your spirit, Lord, we can uh, just be obedient to who you are, Lord, and grow in that, Lord. 
Lord, we also pray, Lord, that we uh, just dig into community, Lord, and not just be isolated trying to figure it out on our own, Lord. Uh, we just thank you that you wired us this way, Lord, that you want us to be this way, Lord, that you encourage this, Lord. And Lord, lastly, I just pray that we pursue purity in all that we do, Lord. Uh, a lot of times it's easy for us to hang out with the people we want to, Lord, but we just pray you grow us in that. Allow our hearts to break at what break, breaks your heart, Lord. Uh, allow us to uh, just be bold in uh, speaking your name, Lord, and going after others, Lord, and serving those uh, who can't do anything in return to us. Lord, we just pray these things in your name.